You are listening to the Photobomb podcast with the world's greatest photographers, Boo Ray and Gary. Welcome to the Photobomb podcast. My name is Boo Ray Perry and joining me as always is Gary Hughes. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. How are you? Very busy? You're very busy. Yeah, I just got back from vacation. Uh, not vacation, I guess. It was a guy's weekend, so I would have been off anyway. But uh, the first day back from anything is always... I took one extra day off. It's always a pain in the butt because you know you got a bunch of emails waiting and your to-do list keeps getting longer. And, and uh, it's a very stressful day when you come back trying to get everything done and also new photo shoots, which means new work coming in. And not to mention, today is the day, my friend, where Julie and I are getting our first, the first furniture we've ever bought as as man and wife. Now, all the furniture in our house was given to us by my parents. <laughs> like when we when we got our first place together before we were married, my parents had this uh, all this furniture in their studio. Right. Uh, they had a, an extra studio that they moved. Anyway, so they had a bunch of pretty much brand new furniture, like coffee tables, end tables, couches, the whole nine yards, and they just gave that to us when we moved in together. I think they really wanted us to get married. They were really pro us getting married. And so we still have that furniture, and we've been together, we moved in together eight years ago. And so this is to me is a big deal. I think the first time you buy like a couch with somebody, even almost more than getting married to them. When you buy furniture with somebody, it's a big that's deal. a commitment. No, no kidding. I mean, be- believe me, this has been uh, – we've been in furniture shopping purgatory for several weeks. And not only that, but the things I didn't know about couches, like apparently the couch that I was fantasizing about in my mind doesn't exist in the real world. <clears throat> okay. And describe, so, describe this couch for me. So it's an L-shaped sectional Okay, where it we has a, re- a recliner. No. Yeah, they absolutely do have recliners, but what I know, they, but we don't have that. But go ahead. Right. So, and also in the in the one part of the L is a fold out bed because we always we have a lot of company, mm. and so apparently if you have an L shaped sectional with recliners in it, it absolutely does not have a bed that doesn't exist. Okay, right. And I so, can see that because they it, don't normally put one recliner in. There's normally a couple of recliners right. in there. So, one of them is going to be in the place where the bed would be. Okay, yeah, exactly. So there's no bed. There's I have. We went to like six different furniture stores. I even went to Costco looking for couches, which they have a pretty decent selection. And it's the same if you get those sort of low backed, mid century modern kind of couches. They come with a. They always come with a chaise lounge on the end, and then you can get sometimes a fold out bed in those. But anyway, so uh, so that's hell. Like f- shopping for furniture is the most horrible adult thing I've ever done. And so today was the day it's getting delivered. And so I just got a call from the furniture store. The truck was in an accident. Oh. And so it's going to be delivered late, hopefully, today. But in anticipation, I've taken all of the other furniture out of our house and put it in the carport in anticipation of our yard sale this weekend. And the big big couch coming in. I just want to say that uh, another first for the broadcast and things that you just said that have never been said before, low back, mid-century, chase... And there was something else. Mid-century modern with a chase. Modern, there it is. Yeah, with a chase. Yes, all never said on the podcast in three years have those words ever been used. Look, I've grown up a lot. And the fact that, <laughs> the fact that you that they just riled them off so effortlessly, I found impressive. I, don't, I could you not can have, tell, I'd have been like, you know, it's kind of like a short couch and the thing sticks out. That would have been my description. No, no, no. This is how you know that I've been in couch shopping hell for weeks is that I now know – Everything about couches. You know what a mid-century looks <laughs> like. You know what a mid-century chase. modern with a chase lounge is. Right, right, right. I uh, anyway. So uh, as I, I got up this morning and I said, okay, first day back at work, 
let's hit it. Let's let's get up early. I got up at six o'clock and I got my shower and I made my breakfast and then I started moving all the furniture out and I was doing all this stuff before my fa- the rest of my family was up and I got out there and of course when you're a, a dad, uh, you have to protect the house. This is what dads do. And so I noticed a uh, a hornet's nest hanging right over the entrance to my carport, about the size of a softball. Mm-hmm. And so I think, and it's got live. I'm wasps. sorry, the size of a what? Softball. Size okay. of a softball. So it's a big, big It sounded hornet. like you said emphasis on the first word. Like like you said it was the size of a softball as opposed to a softball. <laughs> the size of a softball. Yeah, but the way you said it the first time, it sounded like you said, it's the size of a softball. And I thought, is that how you pronounce softball? <laughs> Did I put the emphasis on the wrong syllable? Is yeah, that possible. the problem? And I just, I just thought it'd be great if that was the way you pronounced it. You know? The so softball. So we're going to go play some softball. We, I do say softball. I don't say softball. 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 you got to accent the soft. Softball. softball. Okay. Softball. <laughs> Okay, not, not moving forward. Softball. It's not a ball that is soft. It's softball. Softball. So, uh, so I have to protect the house. I have two small children, uh, and this is they walk in and out of here every day. So I have to eliminate the enemy threat of of the hornet's nest, the wasp nest. And uh, so I go inside, and of course we live in Florida. We deal with this all the time. I've got one of those spray cans that uh, that shoots awesome. they, they fifty shoot, feet like, away, like <laughs> yeah. feet. So, so like you don't have awesome. to get near the wasp. And I got to tell you, these things act quickly. The first wasp oh, yeah. I hit, oh, oh yeah, baby. It, it's yeah. like this. This is like a, a, a sarin gas or Agent yeah. Orange. For oh, like, yeah. I mean, he died, and it did not. He died writhing in pain, twisting yeah. around. It was not a night night go to sleep kind of a drug. It yeah. was a, every cell in your body is a flame with torturous agony, kind of a death. And that's just what I gleaned from the way the wasp was moving around on the ground. Yeah. And so in my head is, wow. I hope I don't get any of this on me, but. Because of the way that the, 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 the beams are in my overhang where the thing was, I had to go around the other side to spray the actual nest and get the rest of the little devils. And what I didn't realize is two things were happening. I was going to get wind from a different direction, and the spray can was about to run out and just blow foam. <laughs> <laughs> so I lifted it. I got my aim. I took aim. I steeled myself against it. I don't run. They're just wasps. And I hit the button. Two seconds, it starts shooting 50 feet away, and then it goes, and then turns into mist and starts spraying into my face. <laughs> oh, you don't want that on you either. <laughs> it went in my eyes. It went in my mouth. It How went all over it? my face. And I immediately dropped the can, and I ran with my hands like in front of my face like, like they're on fire, just going, <laughs> <laughs> I put my face in the sink and I started splashing water all over my face, thinking like I'm. I'm all I can think in my mind is watching that wasp writhe in agony, thinking like, "Oh my god, oh my god!" And apparently, and I was fine. Yeah, um, I was gonna. Say, I, it's not as bad as you think because I've seen things where they say that people people say, "Oh, carry a can of wasp spray instead of mace." Does the same thing, and then people say, "No, it does not do the same thing as mace. It's not nearly as that, effective that, as mace." That wasp is literally one. Yeah. Point zero point yeah. zero 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 one millionth or whatever of a pound, and I'm two hundred pounds. So like that, a- <laughs> there's not enough chemical in that can to make me do anything except probably feel a little woozy. So anyway, that was I had battled the wasps today and I won. Uh, I had a I had a, a near death experience. Police officer, and he said that. Um, Sometimes he'd be if he was talking to some people, there'd be some altercations or a problem, and there were and, and and he started to get a crowd around him of people who were arguing with him, and he started to feel unsure for his safety. He would just take the mace off of his belt and put it into his hand. He said, and when you do that, if there's anyone in the crowd who has ever been maced with cop pepper spray, 
he goes, you you find out instantly who they are. Because people will be like, talking, eh, they give you a hard time. He goes, and the minute you pull it off your belt, anyone in that crowd who's ever been hit with it will be like, hey, ho, no, hey, it's okay. Or been near it's, someone who has. <laughs> he, goes, he goes, they're just like, hey, hey, no problem. He goes, they, they calm down right away when that thing comes off your belt because they do not want to be hit with it again. Uh, it is not pretty. And it's it's not only it doesn't only hurt the person that gets hit in the face with it either. I mean, everybody, stuff, yeah, anybody yeah. near nearby is not going to like it. Yeah, yeah. I used to be an assistant manager at a at a big movie theater, and if you live in a small town, the movie theater and a shopping mall is like sort of a place where scumbag with scumbags with nothing better to do congregate. And so Friday and Saturday night at the movies, we always had off duty police officers there on security, and I was witness a couple of times to the uh, the the crowd quelling power of of the uh, the pepper spray. <laughs> Going right into the face of the uh, the perp, the perp, because that's that's how I say I the say perp. perp. That's how you say the perp, uh, a perp, and uh, and watching the crowd clear with people holding their faces and gagging anybody who is within twenty feet of it gets it in the kind of gets it in the old lungs. So well, yeah. Absolutely. On another note, um, besides wasp slaying and 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 pepper spray, yeah. Speaking of uh, people being sprayed in the face, Stormy Daniels. <laughs> I knew that was where it was going. Stormy Daniels is uh, rumored to be appearing in Vanity Fair magazine, an upcoming issue photographed by Amy Leibovitz. Yeah. Oh, I didn't hear that. Yes. Well, that'll be. Well, she's certainly uh, been in the news a lot. Vanity Fair will not comment, but um, wow. Right, Annie Leibovitz is going to photograph Stormy Daniels. You, you got It's so great to be at a level of photography that she is, where I'm excited to see what she decides to do. Hmm. What will she do? How will she portray her? What will um. the, you know? What will they be? That, because she's done. She, you know, it'll be something. She you know? Vanity Fair has a long history of of grabbing onto a poignant, controversial, in the moment kind of a figure and putting them on the cover, like they did with uh, Caitlyn Jenner. Remember that right, a couple of right, years ago, right. right on the right in the middle of all that controversy, and um, and there uh, and I think that was also Annie Leibovitz that did that. Is she on retainer for them or something? Did they use anyone else? Does she it, is does, on retainer for them. Yeah, does uh, anyone she, else shoot their cover ever? I don't know. I don't know that anybody does. But I mean, that's I mean, that's fairly common in that world, though, isn't it? That the person who sh- your cover is typically shot by the same person all the time because you want a consistent look to your cover if you're a magazine like Vanity Fair. Like I, don't, I mean, I don't know, but like Cosmopolitan, isn't that always shot by the same guy? Because the covers it, always look the it same. It sure as heck looks like it, Cosmo. Let's up your game a little bit. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. The same guy with an with with a, with a flash on camera pointed pointed right at the subject. Yes, where the background is going to be pink or blue or red. I remember what what was that TV show? Just shoot me. About they had a fashion magazine, and I used to love when they would be on the rare occasion they would do a scene inside the photographer's room. Where he actually shot models because on the wall were like ten different colors of paper, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I thought was a complete nod off to Cosmo because Cosmo always has a bright colored background behind their model. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I don't know, uh, but I, that'll be interesting to see what she does. I'm always interested in the the creative process for photographers, how the same photographers would approach a different subject. Yeah, and Annie Leibovitz so so rarely disappoints. Yeah, I've never seen anything of hers in the in my career. I was like, man, that yeah, no, I could have done better. No, I couldn't. <laughs> I right. Clearly, could not. Right. Not uh, not even in the same ballpark. But uh, hey, so in uh, in other news, now did you see we posted on the Facebook the uh, sort of racy, sexy, secretive video of the uh, the Nikon uh, full frame promo. You see that guy? Yes, 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 yes. I saw that. That's teasing that. the full-frame mirrorless Nikon camera that shows you kind of a silhouette-ish 
of what it uh, right. might look like, and right. uh, with Ooh. no no specs and no other information, Nothing. not a thing. It's like they rendered it just to go. Oh, okay, we're we're we need to do a thing, and so apparently it's not going to be announced officially for a while. So they I, I, I feel out. like Canon and Nikon. I feel like they're doing the thing where it's just taking too long, and they're going to lose the excitement that they're trying to build. You know, because you try to, oh, we'll stretch it out and make it exciting. You're doing it for too long, and people just go, oh my god, we've been waiting forever, and we don't care. We moved on. And that's the way I feel about Canon's mirrorless too. Is is I was excited for a Canon mirrorless like a year and a half ago, and now I'm just like, I just get over it already and get, put the. Thing I, in I agree and I disagree. I agree with the fact that we don't have as much. We've had to move our attention to other things. <laughs> However, mm-hmm. I think that it's going to come down to how that camera is specced, that Nikon or that Canon. Right. If 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 they're if they're if they've got really fantastic specs and and all these bells and whistles, we're going to go. All right. Okay, I'm getting into right. it again. Yeah, then we'll yeah. be all over it. Sure. Yeah. If you know, but I'm just hoping that that's the case because we've been it, waiting so long. It's like a sequel to a movie that comes out ten years after the movie. You right. know what I mean? Like Incredibles two, for example. Like they've been talking about doing a sequel for the Incredibles for like eight, nine, ten years because it came out fourteen years ago, and the sequel just came out. And I was like, eh, great, whatever, it'll be okay, or whatever. No. And then we take Ellie to see it. I'm like, yeah. I'm excited about that now because oh. it was it just it was just if it had been just okay it would have I wouldn't have cared because my expectations weren't very high so maybe the 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 thing is here that these these other cam- camera companies are wanting to get your expectations way low by waiting a really long time till you just don't care and then they come out with something and you're like oh yeah all right well, I'm pretty good with that I hope yeah. so I hope so it'll be hard to be as exciting as Elastigirl but uh, I've got my hopes up I'm in <laughs> that love is with Elastigirl your... I saw oh, Elastigirl yeah. at uh, Disney's the Hollywood Studios and I was the one who wanted the picture I'm like Elastigirl. <laughs> I love. I mean, come on, Holly Hunter, the best voice in the world, and then Elastigirl, who you know. I mean, come on, who doesn't want to marry Elastigirl? Uh, no one. Oh, she's just great. She's awesome. Yeah, I'm a fan. I'm also a fan. So, what else you got going on? Okay, so did you see this uh, thing? There's a street fair thing that they do in San Francisco, and uh, it says here a BSDM fair. I think that's supposed to be D uh, BDSM. I'm not sure exactly what those words. Uh, Bondage are. something. Bondage discipline sadomasochism. Sadomasochism. So it's yeah, supposed okay. to be BDSM, I believe. <laughs> yep. Anyway, it's a fair they have in San Francisco, and it occurs, you know, because of San Francisco, in public on the street. So you go, and there's out there on the streets, blocked off, I guess, and there's just people walking around in various states of undress and 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 just you know craziness happening. It's San Francisco, so um, they put out a thing this year. Uh, last year, they started a thing called the Ask First campaign to encourage photographers to ask people before they took their picture. And this year, they went a step further and they said they put out like a like a like a like a meme or a is it meme or meme? Meme, meme, like a meme or a sign that says uh, gear is not consent. Meaning, if they're wearing some kind of weird gear, that doesn't mean that you should touch them. Clearly, clearly not. Nudity is not consent. Goes without saying, of course. Ask first before photographing or touching someone. No means no. Hmm. And the photographers are going, uh, okay, photographing and touching someone, you're putting us together? Not the same thing. Not really the same thing. Touching someone, way different than photographing them in the middle of a public street. 
And let me tell you, by the way, if you're wearing a leather daddy mask that covers your face, I can take as many pictures of you as I want. Even if you're not, okay? If you've decided that you want to get dressed up in your assless chaps and go down and stand in the middle of the street with all the other people in their assless chaps where you know there are going to be photographers and you have no reasonable expectation of privacy. And in a million cell phones, by the way. Yes, and a million cell phones. And you, you have no reasonable expectation of Privacy, I do not have to ask to take your picture any more than I have to ask to look at you. You are standing in front of me in assless chaps. Yeah. <laughs> you're asking for it. Yes. Look at that I'm outfit. You're, you're asking for saying, it in that outfit. What, 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 are you, what, what are you the guy that says, listen, I know I'm dressed like some you know, sadistic cowboy uh, with the nipple rings and everything, but I really would like a little privacy. Yeah. <laughs> no, Bonded. I don't think you do. <laughs> the, what is it? The bondage, domination sadomasochism, and crepes, because they really like crepes, that whole community. I don't yes. know why that is. And, and privacy. We would like and a priv- little privacy <laughs> while we have a parade through the middle of downtown San Francisco. No. Yeah. And the fact yeah. that they and, – and, but, but, but it's, a, it's a thing. now. I think it's just – okay, we don't need to start saying that photographing someone is, in, is somehow the same thing as touching them. Now, it's different. If somebody's at Disney World with their kids, you don't, like, just start taking pictures of some other family, because there's an expectation of – of privacy and personal space, even when you're in public. Right. Well, you but don't if have you're there for a public event and a parade, and you right. are dressed up as part of the spectacle. Right. right. You have no. Yeah. You you still don't have a right to privacy when you're in a public place, even if you're at Disney World with your kids. The, you know, legally, you don't have an ex, a reasonable expectation of privacy there. But it's nice to give that. You know, why would you do that? Why would you take their picture? But these people, by definition, are trying to attract attention to themselves. By the same token, if I was on the street and someone was a street performer. I wouldn't feel like I, ha- I should ask permission to take a, a picture of the juggler. He's trying to get people to pay attention to him, yeah. right? So, so I don't need your, a picture. The mime, I don't have to ask the mime, is it okay if I take your picture? And then have have you ever to- seen a mime meme? I don't know that I have seen a mime meme. <laughs> you certainly wouldn't hear one. No. But you- <laughs> no. <laughs> turn, the vo- turn the volume up on that meme. Yeah. Wouldn't, doesn't matter. Doesn't right matter. on. Well, dude, uh, so I got back from Utah uh, recently, uh, this weekend. That was where my, we went, Salt Lake City, on the guy's trip. Really? Yep, yep. And what's Salt Lake like? I've driven through it, but I've never actually been there. So, a couple of cool points about Salt Lake City. Uh, one is that um, it's very dry, and there are very few bugs. So that gets me right away. I was ni- It was nice to be there in July. It's the same temperature, pretty much, as being in Central Florida, high 90s and mid 70s at high 90s day mid 70s at night but there's no humidity and no freaking mosquitoes it's great so it was kind of it was it was a nice break lots of mountains montañas right and uh, sister wives a lot of sister, sister wives. <laughs> a lot of, oh man speaking of which you got to give it to the mormons holy crap can they build a building they oh, yeah. have some pretty impressive uh structures oh, yeah. all over the the great state it's like 60 something percent Mormon in the state of Utah, which is crazy. So because of the, uh, they have a lot of blue laws and they have a lot of, they discourage, the Mormon church discourages its members from from taking part in sort of retail activities on Sundays. So you really have more than anywhere else I've ever been on a Sunday, there ain't nothing going on. Right. I was in downtown Salt Lake City on Sunday and we went down there to look at the temple and to check out the reflecting pool just to check out the, you know, the the architecture and the, they've got a beautiful little garden or whatever. Um and I swear to god, 
you could have filmed a zombie movie in downtown Salt Lake City on Sunday. Just like that scene where in 28 Days Later where the guy wakes up in the empty city and there's not another soul around. Right, so right. if you're out there and you want to film so, – because it's a big city with big buildings and shopping centers and the whole nine yards. It's as big as Orlando or Tampa or anywhere else except literally no one was there. I, I think I saw four other people in downtown Salt Lake City on Sunday. So you could go down there and you could film your zombie apocalypse movie no problem in the city of Salt Lake which is pretty neat. So that was a little creepy, uh, just being, it was really eerie, like bright, sunny day, and nobody around. It did feel kind of like the end of the world, which is wild. And uh, other than that, here's the cool thing that we did. So we go to, uh, we're, where my buddy lives in Ogden, Utah, so we go over there. Ogden, Utah. <laughs> he actually lives in Ogden, Utah? Well, dude, it's actually a pretty killer little town with lots oh, of cool no, stuff. No, 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 no. Ogden, Utah is... Is a catchphrase that I've been using my entire life. <laughs> it's a play, is it really? I mean, I, I, it came from a comedy routine I think uh, that Robert Klein did that I saw maybe in the eighties, where he was joking about something. He said, "The next thing you know, you end up in Ogden, Utah." And for some yeah. reason, it's stuck in my head. And to this day, if I'm talking and I want to make a reference to being someplace obscure, I will say Ogden, Utah. That's well, my, it's, that's my it's, go-to it's obscure, obscure place in America. Next thing you know, you're dropped off in Ogden, Utah. And I say that all the time. And I've never met anyone or known someone who actually knew someone from Ogden, Utah. I know someone who lives there in downtown Ogden, and I've been there myself. Fantastic. It's a great little town. It's a beautiful little place. The other and one I went, use is Poplar Bluff, Missouri. Poplar Bluff. Is that a real place? Yes, it is a real place. I was the I was in the parade several times as a visiting celebrity because my radio show was, was heard there. And it's a small town in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. But it's also, if you ever watch the TV show Designing Women, it's oh, where the, the, the Southern Belle, I forget her name, uh, uh, but uh, the one played by Jean Smart, uh, her character was from Poplar Bluff, Missouri on the show because the creators of Designing Women were from Poplar Bluff. I'm going to abandon my anecdote about I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I did. I, no, I, no, I no, 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 no. About jet skiing in the mountains, and that happened to me. A little. Wait, you jet skied in the mountains? In a lake surrounded by mountains on a jet ski, and uh, there's some cool stuff, but never mind. I want to abandon I'm that. I'm sorry, I'm and sorry. And I just want to come back to you, to you in a float as yes. a celebrity in Poplar On Buffy a truck. On yes, a- I was a celebrity. I was a celebrity <laughs> because I, my, my radio show, uh, my morning show was broadcast in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. And uh, they would fly me in for the 4th of July weekend. And I would come in and they would take me around and impress the flesh with all their big sponsors. I'd have to go down to Joe's Quickie Mart and Bob's Garage. And hey, and it's Bure from Bure. Oh, oh it's Bure Morning Show. And I would go say hello to everybody. And then there would be a parade. And I would be in the parade on the float for the radio station. And giving out bumper stickers and signing coffee mugs and doing all that kind of stuff. And they were always apologizing to me. For how small their town was, they were always they, they were always apologizing, like you know, Poplar Bluff is not because I live in Dallas. Like Poplar Bluff, we know we know it's not Dallas, and I was like, "Are you kidding? Fourth of July in a small town in Missouri in the parade? Is there a better way to spend my Fourth of July? You know, give me a hot dog and a beer, and let's and then and then it, it would end at the fair at the little <laughs> fair that they had brought in with no big rides at all, just like the Ferris wheel was the biggest thing there. It was absolutely Americana to its core, and I loved it. Yeah. How um how on a scale of 1 to 10 how uh excited were the residents of Poplar Bluff Missouri for for Bure <laughs> to be in their parade? Give me like a 1 to 10. They're never as excited they're never as excited as as they tell you they're going to be. This is what always cracks me up is it is that the the people who own the cuz I did this for several stations and the people who own the radio station would always be like we got to go by such and such and we got to see uh Bob Casey. He runs the Quickie Mart and he advertises with us and he just loves you. He's just a huge fan. 
And then they bring you in. They go, hey, it's Boo Ray Perry. Come, come on all the way from da-da-da. Hold, and you hold on. In. Let me finish giving this guy his change. Who, who did you say was here? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly when they go, oh, hey, hey, good to see you. And that's about it. <laughs> and you're like, okay, listen, not that exactly. Okay. You get one or two. The, the crowd in general. Ten, oh, they, be, ten, they ten being, they I'm throwing my underwear at you. Listen, they're much more excited about watching the Cub Scouts marching behind me than they are about me being on the friggin' boat. Okay, so what does a, what does a morning radio show host do whilst riding the truck? Well, you know what I did? I got off the truck because I felt stupid. So I got off the truck and grabbed a stack of bumper stickers and walked along the route giving out bumper stickers to people and saying hi and shaking hands and stuff because I felt weird, stupid just sitting on the truck waving like the Queen of England. I hope and pray that there are photos of this. No. Somewhere, no, there are no. There's got to be in the in the Poplar Bluff Morning Register. Somewhere. Yeah, perhaps, there's got to yeah, be perhaps in the archives. In the, the archives, archives the on Poplar the microfilm of the Poplar Bluff Daily yeah. Gazette, there's a <laughs> there's a page six headline uh, that says that says radio host visits Poplar yes. Bluff, and it's you yes. handing out bumper stickers to handicapped nuns. Mm. Yes, and it's gonna be. I, you know what? If somebody, if anybody, anybody listening to the show is anywhere near Poplar Bluff, Missouri, <laughs> if you go and find in the archives of whatever of the newspaper a picture of Boo Ray on the microfilm, we will give you a guest spot on the show yes. and a photobomb T-shirt and uh, and 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 whatever else you want. That's how precious this would be to me. I will give yes. you and also my youngest child. She's I did not it like three years in a row. In the nineties, <laughs> they brought me in like three years in a row. Wonderful couple that owned the local radio station. Yeah, just a really nice couple. Dude, you know that's a although that'd be a pretty excellent experience. Like small town America on the Fourth of July sounds like the coolest thing. It was great. I'd much rather be there than in Dallas. It was yeah. wonderful. When I remember the, uh, the wife picked me up from the airport in Little Rock and drove me over to Poplar Bluff, Missouri. And she was like, "Well, we got to go meet up with my husband. Uh, he's at the Little League game. I hope you don't mind." And I'm like, no. And we pull up, and there's a little league game, and we walk in the stands, and I say, hey, I sit down. I grab myself a hot dog. I'm like, this is the best. This is great. It's watching Little League on July 3rd, and, and you know, come on. This is much better than <laughs> Until the traffic comes over and says, excuse me, sir, uh, do you have a child in this game? What are you doing here? <laughs> well, I was there with the, with the uh, parents there. But, but they kept apologizing for their town being so small, and I, I kept saying, I don't think you're – I grew up in a small town. You know, I can live in a small town. My baby's from a small town. Yeah, keep going. A small okay. community. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are you done? Yeah, I am. I went jet skiing in the mountains. Anyway, you did, you so did go we're jet skiing in the mountains. Talk about since this is coming up, and the day this episode comes out will be the first full day of judging for everybody's yes. everybody's favorite thing: the international, the international photographic competition. competition. And be sure and watch the live feed on Facebook. Go to Facebook and uh, go to the IPC uh, page on Facebook. And watch the shows that I will be doing. We'll be doing lots of critiques and lots of judges uh, critiquing images and, and telling you what's wrong with them and what's right with them and lots of great tips and pointers. And just to uh, – uh, for those of our, our listeners that may or may not be super familiar uh, with PPA and the IPC and then what you're going to be doing, which is I think my favorite part of the IPC, is the IPC Live. Just give us a little rundown on that. Well, what we do is we have a whole set and everything, and it's live on Facebook, and we bring in judges, and, what we, and, and we have them look at images and critique them. So you get to actually – the best part about if you watch image competition, because they have a live stream of the competition where you see the images come up and you see the scores. But you know, the image comes up, and there's a score, and then the next image comes up, and there's a score, and you're like, eh. What's really interesting is when there's a challenge, when there's a score, and then a judge goes, I challenge 
I mean, that judge is not happy with that score and would like to try and influence the rest of the panel to change their score. And when that happens, <clears throat> then they will speak to the print and they will talk about why they think the score should be higher or why they think the score should be lower. And then every one of the judges in turn will speak to the print and say why they think it should be higher or why they should think it should be lower. And that is the interesting thing. That is when it's great fun to watch because... Then it's a debate. I mean, it's not really a debate. They're very polite and they have very strict rules they speak under. But you get to hear each person's impression and they point out things you didn't see in the print. It's very interesting. So what we like to do is bring the judges in and make them do that for us live on camera. So when we, whenever IPC Live is on, look for that. We're going to have a couple of times. We'll also, we'll also just be telling you what's happening in the competition, where we are, you know, what's next. If you're waiting for your prints to come up, what's the next category coming up, et cetera, et cetera. But I really, this year, really want to focus on a lot of critiques because that's the most interesting thing about image competition is listening to guys like you, Gary, who are sanctioned judges, actually look at a print and pick yes, it I'm, apart. I'm you know? sanctioned by the gods to judge. Yes. That's, judge the most, that's the most interesting thing to me. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be very very cool, and I have it blocked off in my calendar. Uh, and if you're listening to this episode in the first few days it comes out, from uh, then this is actually happening now. So if you want to watch or be a part of it, go to stream.theipc.org. And if you're a PPA member, you can log in and watch. If you're not a member of PPA, you can go to the PPA Facebook page and check out what Blu-ray's doing on IPC Live to find out what it's all about. I have my <coughs> entries in. I'm excited. I'm not a judge at the IPC this year because I was judging at districts just a couple of months ago. Blu-ray's got his entries in, but he's going to be there live on the scene, a man on the ground. Yes. Hey, by the way, you need to send me um, your entry pictures. So because when I'm not doing the show, I'm just watching, and so I I'll know when you're. So I'll recognize. I want to be able to recognize when when you're. Right. Yeah. Because if you see if you see something and I miss it. Then you can be like, dude, your stuff's up or whatever, which would be cool. Oh, that's not going to happen. But what? But but I, you know, when I, I want to see it come up, if I see it come up in the judging, I want to be like, oh, that's Gary's print right there. That's yeah. Gary's print. Pretty that happened. That's one time we were watching a live one, and you were, and, and my print came up, and you said something to me about about it, and I was like, that's mine. And you're like, oh no, really? That's yours? I'm like, yeah, that's mine. <laughs> I'm really sorry. <laughs> no, it wasn't that. It wasn't. A, it wasn't. A, it, mine got challenged, and you were like, oh, they're going to move that score up, and I'm like, yeah. And you're like, oh yeah. I'm like, oh, that's mine. Yeah. Like, oh, really? Yeah. Absolutely. To be in the room when they challenge one of your prints is great. Yeah, I got to be honest with you. I don't, when that's going on, it's going to be Sunday afternoon, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I think it goes for th- yes. four, three and a half days. Right. I've got it blocked off on my calendar, and I'm pretty sure I'm not going to be doing anything else. I, I, I will be neglecting my family so that I can watch the yes. IPC. Um, and I, of course, it's always exciting when your images come up and you get to watch your own images. Um, but it is. It, to me, it is just as fun to watch everybody else's, and it's such a cool thing to be able to, to stream that live. I really, really sure. dig it. Absolutely. It's so just go really to Facebook. Just can... go to Facebook and put in uh, IPC or International Photographic Competition in the search bar, and you'll find us. I think if I can pull up that address, I'll go. Yeah, I, I should probably have it, but you know, I don't worry about addresses uh, for web stuff so much anymore because you can just always just find it so easily. You know, when you say it, does anybody ever sit there and write that down? Okay, that's uh, Facebook.com slash. No, no one does that. They'll just go to Facebook and they'll look for it and find it that way. Yeah. Isn't that the easiest way to do it? Um, Probably Google, the Google machine. It's, uh, by the way, just go to Facebook.com slash our PPA. And uh, I'm sure you're going to have plenty of of opportunity because that is going to be, I'm sure, streamed live onto PPA's Facebook page as well. So I was reading about a Leica camera this week and I feel like. have we talked about this? I don't remember it, or because how did this get under the 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 radar? There's a there's a Leica camera uh, that doesn't have an LCD screen, and this is a digital camera. The Leica M digital rangefinder camera. 
It's a $4,000 Leica, and it does not have an LCD. You um, cannot see your pictures until you get home and load them into the computer. In fact, you can't shoot JPEG. You can only shoot DNG because, you know, why shoot JPEG? You've got to put them in the, you, you've got to put them in the computer, look at them anyway, so you might as well shoot raw. So it only shoots DNG, and you, so you, so, which means you have to process it like you would old school, you know, and, I, has this camera been out for a while? Have we? Have, how have we missed that Leica has a $5,000 camera that you can't see your pictures until you download them? Yeah, uh, I'm just looking that up right now. For some reason, because I just got back from Utah, when you said LCD, I'm like, ah, the Mormons. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, uh, it's L, uh, LDS. Sorry. Anyway. Um, Leica it's $5,000 for the camera. No, this is it. The Leica $6,000 MD camera doesn't have an LCD screen. Yeah. And this is from TheVerge.com. And it says, Leica is really releasing a high-end luxury digital camera without an LCD for reviewing snapped photos. The company is breaking away from what's usually seen as a fundamental piece of modern cameras so that it can, quote, bring back the joy and anticipation of waiting to see how pictures turned out. Are you Uh, out of your mind we don't. I, I, there, no, you're not. That's not going to work. Because I'm just going to buy a two thousand dollar camera with an LCD screen and put some electrical tape over it if I really want to go through. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and what even the then, hell? I'm not going to do it because technology, Gary. Okay, I mean, why don't you? You know, I tell you, what is the next camera going to be like with the boom, the giant thing <laughs> the, <laughs> to bring the potato back masher? The, yeah, <laughs> to bring back, you know, with the, with the glass plates to bring back the the joy and the wonderment of of getting uh, lead poisoning while you're trying to process <laughs> the glass plates. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure. I wanna I wanna stop doing all of like modern medical science so I can have the joy of figuring out how yes. I'm gonna die. Uh, with, with no notice, be like, well, there you go. Who wants to know that anyway? Like, oh, he's dead. Probably was heart disease. Even, I guess. Even the guy, even the guy who shot the last roll of Kodachrome film. Okay, he's a National Geographic photographer, and he was given the last roll of Kodachrome film ever manufactured right. to shoot the last roll. Right. Even he took a digital camera with him and pre-shot his pictures. To make sure that he nailed the exposure before he set them up in the film camera and shot them. Of course he would. Who would? Why not? Because why you take can. that chance? Yeah, because, why? You, because can. you can. You know, I mean, that's like saying thirty years ago, going, you know, they're bringing back the refusing you to let you use a light meter to bring back the joy of when you had to do long division in your head. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, um, if any of you out there happen to have bought. A six thousand dollar Leica with an LCD without the LCD screen. You know who just, would buy this? You know, you know who would buy this, right? Um, Jim, 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 New York. Jim. Oh, Jim. Oh, yeah. Jim Ferrara. Yes. This <laughs> is the way, mentioning thing, mentioning Jim Ferrara on the Jim show is going to ensure be, that we're getting an email. Yeah, Jim Ferrara would be like, would be like, oh, I bought the new Leica with the no screen on the back, you know, because he, he's he's camera, he's gear gear guy. You know, he likes it. He likes. He's into it. Just and this is the sort of thing out. I could see him buying because I he mean, also likes Leica. You could do that, or you could just buy a film camera for fifty bucks, and that's then the, it would get you the, the joy thing. of the joy of waiting for your negatives to come back. You can process a lot of film before you've hit the six thousand dollar mark. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I got some film myself. I finally am going to be doing a shoot. I've got it on the books to be doing a shoot. A medium. I got a medium format. I got the. Uh, 
uh, Mamiya RZ67 uh, Pro 2, and I'm going to be doing some medium format, uh, a whole shoot. I have 20 exposures, and that's it. But you can be sure that I'm going to be getting those exposures uh, dialed in on my uh, Canon before I start shooting (laughs) away on that film. Why wouldn't you? Right, because film costs money, and I'm not a dum-dum. That's why. Yeah. Okay. There you have it. That that just – I get – you know, and here's the thing. The reason they have to charge so much for the camera – not that Leica doesn't make good cameras, but they have to charge so much for it because they're not going to sell very many of them. I guess that makes sense. Sure. I that, mean, so when you're paying that much money for it, it's not because you're getting that much. I don't think no, it's because you're, you're getting not getting that six thousand dollars worth of technology. It's for because sure. it's because they have to make so much. You know, like the whole. You know, I, my, I sell pencils for a million dollars, but I only have to sell one. Right. And that's the same thing. They only they're not going to sell that many of them. So in order to justify the cost of producing them, they've got to be six thousand dollars. So you're not getting you know six. Now you buy something that's mass produced and it's six thousand dollars. So we're talking about economies of scale, and it's still $6,000? You're getting a lot in this that. Ta- you know what? This takes balls like a Next, it's going to be $10,000 for a camera that doesn't work. Yeah, right? <laughs> I mean, come on. Look at, look at your cell phone. Photos. Look at your cell phone. $1,000 for a cell phone, and look at everything it does. But that's because there's so many of them. It's only $1,000. When you think about it, it ought to be five grand for a yeah, cell phone. Yeah, if you took an iPhone 8 or 10 or whatever back to 1985... And we're like, how much you uh, how much <laughs> how you much want for this? this? They'd be like, any company on the earth would have paid you a billion dollars yeah, for get it. Get away from yeah. me, you sorcerer. Yeah. <laughs> After they drowned you in the lake. Are you a wizard? Yes. Have you, have you always been a wizard? All right. I'm about done here. Are we done? I believe so, yes. All right. We have to wrap this thing up. Uh, don't forget you can find – we told you everywhere to go to watch IPC Live, which is happening right now, this week. So you need to be watching it if you can. You can find us online, facebook.com slash photobombpodcast. You can find Gary at hughesfioretti.com. Yep. You can find me at blu-rayperry.com. You can email us, questions at photobombpodcast.com, and we will see you back here again next week. All right. See you later. Mm-hmm.